This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Zach Harper and Andy Larson, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson, managing editor of saltcityhoops.com, the ESPN troop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Also, the Utah Jazz beat writer, KSL.com. Zach Harper joins me, nationalcbssports.com, NBA columnist. That's me. To talk about basketball? No basketball. I've deleted the basketball talk from tonight's show. This is going to be two hours on the ham dog. What? Uh, you've tweeted about this. The ham dog the is the hour. What is greatest this? invention in history. Better than fire. I guess fire wasn't invented. <laughs> better than the wheel. Better than sliced bread. This is a hot dog in the middle of a of a hamburger laid perfectly inside in the middle it's almost like a i don't know like a chrysler emblem like what's the <laughs> okay uh, yeah, you know that's the shape of it it's it's a beautiful bun it's a perfect cookout food in a perfect concession stand food i know they're doing renovations to Vivint Smart Home Arena. We'll talk about them on in the show. This maybe. has I mean, to maybe be maybe not if the entire plan has been deleted. This has to be included in the concessions. Uh, I so they talk about the four different restaurants. The in each corner, there's going to different be a different restaurant, right? One right. for pizza, one for salads and healthy options, right. one for Mexican food. Yeah, they all one need to be hamburgers, but they all need to be ham dogs. Yeah, out on the pizza, out out on the pizza, out on the salad and healthy stuff. Ham dog is all we need. Okay. It's perfect. It's it's the perfect. I mean, it's how often do you go to a barbecue or a cookout or whatever, and you grab a hot dog off the grill and you grab a hamburger off the grill? Why not just grab them at once? <laughs> I I didn't think it was a problem. I've been double fisting oh, hams and hamburgers and hot dogs. It's been wildly inefficient. This is like adding the three point line to eating. This wow. is what this is. Okay. All right. We can talk basketball now if you want. I still want to talk ham dog, but I'm sure I'm sure you won't like throw it in there anywhere. No, the not at a, not at all. That's, that's not something you would do. Uh. Anyway, this is this is what we do. <laughs> is every Thursday seven to nine we talk about basketball. Uh, and ham dogs. On the Salt City Hoops show. <laughs> this is the first time we've talked about ham dogs. Uh. But it, I don't think it will be the last. No, I can guarantee as long as I'm on here. We do have a good show for you today. Great show. Uh, along the, with the ham dog talk, we've got the Vegas win uh, totals, the plus, the over under totals for the for the league. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll kind of share our opinions. We'll we'll actually do in and out in the show's first segment this yeah. week and and go in or out on these on these win totals. We'll talk about our experience at media training camp. Yes, um, that was that was Tuesday, right? So I guess two days ago now. Sure, yeah, that sounds uh, right. <laughs> when the Jazz coaching staff ran us through a whole bunch of basketball drills, and then mostly we just played scrimmage five on five against. Yeah, this will be shocking to a lot of people, but a lot of the media is out of shape. Yeah, <laughs> including <laughs> including us. <laughs> yeah, so we actually fit in quite well. Uh, Things we learned there. We'll talk about the arena renovation. We'll talk about these refereeing changes because, you know, refereeing is a pet topic of mine. We'll talk about video games. We've been playing a lot of NBA 2K this week yes. since it came out over the weekend. Correct. I guess Friday, right? It was Friday, Friday is when the pre-orders came out. Correct. Uh, and then uh, also, speaking of video games, had a chance to interview Gordon Hayward at uh, Microsoft City Creek store. He was there playing FIFA with fans. Um, promoting his these HyperX headphones, so, but I had a chance to talk to him about some basketball stuff too. So we'll okay. play that interview, uh, and then we'll go around the NBA. We got all kinds of stuff to talk some, about, like Henry Sims and oh, yeah. coaching staff news. I know you've got a Henry Sims take. I do. Good. I actually feel bad saying it 
but it's, it's not. It's, it's how I feel. Okay, I'm. It's I'm my excited. experience with Henry Sims. He's not very good. He's there are two players in in my time. So I've been going to games as a credentialed media member since 2009. Okay, there have been two players during these seven eight years that I have watched do one on none pregame drills okay. and thought, oh my god, that guy's so much worse than I thought he was. Henry Sims is one. Cristiano Felicio is the other. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, like watching him go one on none, I was even less impressed. That's disappointing. Yeah. But usually those drills make bad guys look great. Like right. me or John Lynn got a yeah. what seventh pick or whatever he was, and sixth pick. Somehow still is in the league. And he's like, back. He's back with the Lakers. <laughs> a fine basketball organization. Yeah, that absolutely. Only makes quality personnel choices. Absolutely. Uh, anyway. I'm glad you told me the Henry Sims take. We'll we'll get back to it again. At we'll the talk end of about the show. him again. Yeah. But let's let's go ahead and go in or out. Can we play the sounder? We've got it coming. In or out. Ten seconds. Okay. We have to fill ten seconds before the in or well, out. Well, we're sounder. gonna go over win totals. We're the, gonna go the over under proje- projections in a game called in or out. Yeah, we're gonna in or out. Trades, <laughs> uniforms, and everything else the NBA can throw at us. Are you in or are you out? We'll decide now on Salt City Hoops. All right, well, we got the sounder played, in or out. Uh, uh, to be fair, the Patriots are on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it completely. <laughs> uh, so Vegas has released these totals, Vegas being this large entity that, I don't know. Right, really... the city of Las Vegas has released <laughs> these things you can bet on. The mayor actually decides right. these, it turns out. Um, but regardless, I want to read these uh, win projections for you, and then we're going to debate a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, we'll start with the Eastern Conference Cleveland Cavaliers, 56 and a half. All these are half totals, right? So right. Because you, 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 you don't want to push. Ties, right. <laughs> Those are boring. Um, Vegas doesn't like that. No, they don't like They want to take your money. The mayor is very upset. Right. Uh, the Celtics, 51 and a half. Uh, Toronto Raptors, 49 and a half. Detroit Pistons, 45 and a half. Indiana Pacers, 43 and a half, as, along with the Atlanta Hawks, also 43 and a half. Washington, 42.5. Uh, Milwaukee, 39 and a half. Charlotte, 39 and a half as well. New York and Chicago, both 38 and a half. Uh, and then you've got the Orlando Magic, 36 and a half, along with the Miami Heat. Philadelphia, the 14th team, 27 and a half. The Brooklyn Nets, 20.5 there. Billy, 14th. How about that? Yeah, they're not. They're projected not to be the worst team. Yeah, really. how about that? Uh, I don't see it. By the way, oh, that's one of my that's one of my hot takes. Let's let's start with the Sixers. Let's, let's start, start with from, them. Starting from the bottom, and okay. then we'll go from there. Uh, yeah, how are the Sixers going to win twenty seven and a half games next year? Essentially, you're by picking them to win at least twenty eight games, you're asking them to almost triple their win total, right? They won ten games last year. Right, ten's not a lot. No, that's. Did they get eighteen wins better? Um, they are more comp. I guess I could see it if Joel Embiid is healthy this year. Okay. I, yeah. I, do, I really do think he is a special talent that will transform an organization and add on wins and wins and wins right away. Like, I really do think that. But Sergio Rodriguez, their starting point guard, uh, you know, their backcourt is like Sergio Rodriguez, Jared Bayless, Gerald Henderson, right. and Nick Stauskas. Like, That's uh, not very good. Okay, so for example, the Wolves won, what, 29 games last year? Yeah, 29. This, so they would have to be as good as the Wolves were last year. I, I mean, mean, easier may, conference. Right. Yeah, you could say, all right, maybe there's three extra wins in the East than, if, than there are in the right. West, but this team is that good? I, I don't really see it. So, like, yeah, best case if Embiid becomes Carl Anthony Towns, which is right, with, very best case, right? Yeah, right, exactly. And then still the Wolves had a better backcourt. Yeah, much, I mean, much better backcourt. Dario I mean, Saric, 
coming over, so that's a thing. Yeah, like I say, I think they have talent. Like I think Ben Simmons is really good, and and yeah. I think he'll be a transformative talent with his passing. Dario Sarge, Sarge can play. We don't know what's going to happen with Noel and Okafor. They may trade one or both of those guys, or may not, may not trade any of them. But they've you know they've got weird depth. Uh, I guess Bob Covington is is a solid role player now that doesn't have to start. Jeremy Grant can be a solid role player that doesn't have to start. But yeah, like I think twenty is great. Like I think they can double their win total. I think yeah. twenty is very doable. But yeah, twenty seven and a half as a over under is crazy to me. Yeah, I'm I'm going hard under on that. Um, which I mean I guess means out in terms of out. out. You're out, on the, out on the Sixers. Over. Rel- yes. <laughs> over and out. Uh, <laughs> over, you're not, out. Yes. You're right. There you go. Sure. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I, I reminded on Twitter, I didn't ask for tweets yet. So oh, tweet us ask. at Andy B. Larson or at Talk Hoops if you agree or disagree with any of our takes or have questions, comments, concerns. In fact, we already have Giorgio Spinias, our, our local jazz fan who's not local. He's from Greece listening to the show at 4 a.m. Asking if Will Johnson and will be a starter and Rodney Hood will be the Jazz's sixth man. If who's going to be this? Joe Johnson? Joe Johnson. Oh, uh, no. Sometime All-Star Joe Johnson. No, no, no Rodney, Hood, Rodney Hood's quite good. Yeah. I, yeah. Rodney Hood is better than Joe Johnson at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. And I'm a big Joe, Jan- Joe Johnson fan. I think he's overly scrutinized because of how much he was paid, but he's not as good as Rodney Hood anymore. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Joe Joe's, though. Uh, back to in or out, plus or minus totals. Uh, what else do we have in the Eastern Conference? Oh, the Charlotte Hornets, 39 and a half. Way too low. Way too low. They this won is... 47 last year. Right. And now they did lose some, like they lost Jeremy Lin and replaced him with Ramon Sessions. Ramon, sure. Ramon Sessions isn't any good, even yeah, as a that, backup. That's, like, a, that's a downgrade. That's a downgrade for sure. Um, they also went from Al Jefferson to Roy Hibbert, essentially. Downgrade. Yeah. Uh, unless Roy Hibbert can become a good basketball player again, which just hasn't been in a year and a half. Right. Um, but these are, they're not their main guys. I mean, they're, right, exactly. they're going to be playing backup level. Yeah. Guys. I mean, I guess you could expect a regression from Kemba Walker because he's literally only been good in the NBA when Nick Batum is on the court with him, which is, he's still on the team. He still is on the team. <laughs> he does have injury yeah. concerns in his history, but I think he'll, they'll be fine mostly. Um, but they're also, they're adding Michael K. Gilchrist back, right? Like he's a, one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. I don't see how they get eight wins worse unless yeah, I, injuries just kill them. Right. That's Which, the only way I see this happening. Yeah, I mean, if, if injuries take Kemba Walker from us or MKG doesn't come back right. you know, at, at 100%, yeah. I can see it. But uh, they're just better than that. I mean, right. The talent that they've accumulated. And Steve Clifford is a brilliant coach. Every season he's been yeah. their head coach, they've been the best team at not turning the ball over. Hmm. Every single season. Yeah, I don't see that changing. With, injuries with or no unit. injuries. Yeah, I mean, I just think I think this is an easy over. Uh, yeah, in, in, in on, on the over. In on the Hornets. Yeah. Uh, how about the how about the Bulls? I think they're too low, and uh, like uh, I hated what the Bulls did this off season. Yeah, but having Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler gets you a lot of leeway. I think sure, and I think it, I I think that's going to be a top uh, definitely a top fifteen offensive squad. The defense oh, is definitely. Gonna be, I I think so. Oh, I don't know about that. You don't think so? They I, just don't. They don't have a lot of shooting. They have shooting no, off the bench. That's true. Miritich can shoot. Um, well, I guess he'll probably start at power forward. But Miritich can shoot. Um, you know, Doug McDermott can shoot, but they don't have a lot of shooting outside of him. Like they lost Dunleavy. Tony Snell is okay. not really a shooter. Etwan Moore's gone. Like I really think they have problems scoring the basketball. Now Jimmy Butler could bounce back as a three point shooter. He kind of goes bad, good and bad, good and bad every year. Yeah, or, you know, every couple of years. Kind yeah. Of thing. Um, but I don't know that. I guess they they'll probably draw fouls with Butler and Wade, and that can help the efficiency. But I don't. I kind of. I kind of might take the under on this. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I don't like Rondo. Um Yeah. 
and I, I, I just <laughs> here's a stat I came up because I, I was doing this thing on, uh, on teams that need to push the pace or not push the pace as much next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rondo as a ball handler on the fast break, turned the ball over forty percent of the time. Wow, forty. What's he doing out there? He's just throwing it anywhere, <laughs> anywhere that's not to his teammate. That that's, that's not good. I don't think that'll be the case in Chicago because I think he'll actually care. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I I this team feels this team feels bad to me. And I just don't. It, it wouldn't shock me if they're good. Like I'm not saying they're definitely bad, but I do I do kind of think that things are set up to fail. Okay. Yeah. I, not I, intentionally, but just I think I, a lot has to go right for them to be good. I think that's probably true. I still like just 38 and a half feels really low. Like yeah, uh, fail like that to me would be a failure for this team. I guess how games. how many games does Dwayne Wade have to play in order for you to feel comfortable going over? Sixty-five, like okay, yeah. All right, that's fair. Yeah, and and yeah, then those other seventeen games or whatever is is going to be hard. Yeah, but I you know I think the rest of the time that's that's still a difficult right. lineup to guard. I'm still curious too, like how does Jimmy Butler and work with Fred Hoiberg in year two? Right, because that was a problem year one. Yeah, it, it, I mean he and, says it's a lot of Derrick Rose. We maybe not. Yeah, I mean maybe yeah maybe maybe not, and also you know Rondo not the most coach-friendly guy in the league, and if he senses any kind of weakness out of Hoiberg or guys not, you know, really respecting him, what could that... Now, they have overhauled right. the, the roster quite a bit, so maybe they got a lot of those components out of there, but Butler is still there. Uh, Bucks are listed at 39.5. That's before the Chris Middleton injury. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they are now. I think it's like 37.5, 36.5, something like that. That still doesn't feel like enough of an impact on how good Chris Middleton is. I mean, yeah. he was our leading scorer last year. I think it's 18, 18 a game yeah. and an efficient 18 a game. Yeah, he, he's a great player that I don't think people really recognize. Yeah, um, uh, I was feeling really good about them this season, thinking like 44, 45 wins going into the season. And now that he's out six months, like he's going to miss at least 70 games. Yeah. Um, I, I got to go. Way way under. Yeah, let's go Western Conference. Okay. Uh, Warriors, of course, are at the top of the pack, but they're projected to win only sixty six and a half. Mm. Uh, is your is your over under after winning seventy three last year? Spurs at fifty six and a half. Clippers fifty three and a half. Your Utah Jazz coming in fourth in the West with forty seven and a half. Portland forty six. Uh, Oklahoma City forty five. Memphis forty three. The Rockets and Timberwolves tied at forty one and a half. Ooh. Dallas Mavericks thirty nine and a half. The Pelicans thirty six and a half, Denver Nuggets thirty four point five, Sacramento thirty two and a half, Phoenix twenty six point five, and your Los Angeles Lakers twenty four point five. Second worst in the league projected. I mean, for the second straight year. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to sound like uh, any of those guys. This is going to be a great reference. Any of those guys sitting on a on a dais with Al Pacino in the movie Two for the Money. Okay. in which they're trying to sell picks and gambling. <laughs> but if you like free money, take the over on the Jazz. 47.5 is incomprehensibly low to me. You uh, you said like 56 last that week. That was maybe a little ambitious, but like I think like I think 50 is a lock. Yeah. Unless things just go like and like unless half the team decides they want to go play soccer. Which they possible might. they're <laughs> big FIFA fans like yeah. maybe this happens, but um this seems like such an easy over to me. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, just George Hill is so good. I, and I've just been hearing this from people at yeah. training ca- or at these pre-training camp workouts. I don't think people realized how good, even in the Jazz, who just acquired him, how right. how good George Hill is. Yeah, he's going to make a gigantic change on this team. Just George um, Hill in relative health and, should yeah 
uh, should even be a if huge jump. Joe Johnson and Boris Diaw die because they're over thirty-five. I don't know if that's <laughs> right. how that works. But. No, I don't. Well, I mean, I guess people over thirty-five do eventually. Yeah. Go. Not it. Not immediately. <laughs> usually. It's not. It's not all that common. <laughs> that's what I would say. Uh, but I'm not a census taker, census giver. If there's, <laughs> if there's, a, I don't do either. <laughs> you you just ignore the census. I just ignore Every the census. Years, like, we don't yeah. we don't need any of it. <laughs> I don't want the government tracking me. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you don't want them knowing about your ham dog plans. No, my ham dog business is going to be wildly embezzling. I mean, it says something that you think 47 and a half is very low for the Jazz, and I think yet they're a, still fourth in the conference. Yeah, I think it's a 51 team. Easily. Easily 50 wins. Go to Vegas. Bet all your money on it. I'm going to do it. That's <laughs> give me your money, too. I'll bet that, too. Are you going to give it back if they win? Of course. Okay, yeah, no. I know. <laughs> I wouldn't steal it. I'm just curious. Like, what? Maybe you've yeah. got a, some sort of scheme going uh, you on know where I, You know where I work and live. Like, I can't, I can't do <laughs> That's that. That's true. You can't run that, mar- no. you can't run that far. Uh, what else in the Western Conference? I, I Just starting at the top, I think the Warriors are, are too low. It seems like it, right? Now, Steve Kerr is trying to temper expectations a lot. Yeah. Good luck with that. But um, I do think there's some questions with how things fit defensively. But yeah. there's the offense is going to be so good yeah. that I, I, I don't really think that they have anything to worry about with and, this over. And they had, like, Steph Curry health issues for part of the year last sure, year. Sure, yeah. Um, like, obviously, I don't think 73 is going to happen. But I don't see how they lose 16 games next season. That's, I mean, that right? sounds like a lot for That's them. That's a right. lot of games to lose. Yeah. Again, and who do? Where do those losses come from? I guess the Jazz four times. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Twelve other teams. They still have to lose twelve more times. Right. Well, Carl Anthony Towns figured out how to By beat the way, them at the end of the season. Jazz right. Year, exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I played them tight two times. Yeah. I mean, the Spurs. They'll. You know, let's give them. Let's give the Spurs three wins. Oh, I don't know. Duncan's gone. <laughs> two wins. One win. I mean, like who? Yeah. Who pulls out sixteen wins? Against yeah. I mean, there will be this. There will be like this. Like the Nets probably beat them randomly, right? right like they okay. don't take the Nets yeah, seriously. They lost They're, to the Lakers last week. Right. Exactly. Example. Like things will happen, but um, they may give Luke Walton a win. Yeah. You know, just for fun. Just for fun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Ehrman, sixteen. Like, sixteen. Right, sixteen losses seems really high for them. Yeah. I I I can't imagine it, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, what about the Spurs for you? I think it's too high. Um, I think they'll be good. I think they're like a 54-ish win teams, which doesn't sound that, you know, that far off from the 56 and a half, but uh I think losing Tim Duncan will be an adjustment. I think that Tony Parker may not be that good anymore. Yeah. I don't know what to expect out of Manny Ginobili, although every time I seem to count him out, um, he's he's back, and every time I seem to think like, oh yeah, and he's is back, back. <laughs> then he, it's time to count him out. Uh, but I like I think there will be a little bit of an adjustment here and there. Maybe they go through some injury stuff, but yeah, I would go under. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, fifty six to me just seems like a a reasonable win total for them. Yeah, like, I, I don't like oh, you. Like, I mean, I get, like they won sixty seven games last year. Right. That does sound like a big drop off, but I don't I don't know that they were sixty seven wins good. Yeah, too. I, you know, like a, you know, it's it's tough to project that. They, and they lost some some depth on the bench. Uh, you've also got okay. You've got the Rockets and and Timberwolves. Um, the Timberwolves and they're both at forty one and a half. I was surprised to see these two teams tied. Yeah. Uh, in in these wins. Yeah, me too. Okay. I think the Rockets are definitely a better team. Uh, Rockets will have defensive issues, but yeah. I I feel pretty good about this team right now. I'm actually writing about them for tomorrow and uh, just looking at certain things here and there. Like this offense is going to be sick. 
Like, it's really going to be sick. It all matters on how James Harden comes into camp. Like, is he in shape? Does he have a good attitude? Does he try to lead? If that stuff is shaky, all right, then you have to be worried again. But I really think that this team just has so much firepower. Mike D'Antoni will kind of invigorate them. Like, I really feel good about the over with them. I think it's too low. Like, I think they're like a 44-win team. Okay. Uh, The Timberwolves... That means they got to be above 500. Right. I just don't see it. Again, 29 wins last year. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, Tom Thibodeau alone should be worth eight wins. Right. Right? Like, but the the core is so young, and they do have some gaps within the depth chart. Um, it looks like Razul Butler, who they signed today, may actually make the roster already because yeah. like, they need the wing depth. Um, I think they'll be really good, but I think they're going to take lumps early on because they're just so young. I don't know how their offseason additions and get you – 11 wins better. I mean, yeah, Tibbs is a, yeah, I mean, I think is a big deal yeah. over Sam Mitchell. But Chris Dunn, yeah, I mean, we'll be, I think he's going to be good. Yeah. As a rookie, rookies never are like that impact great is so, I winning mean, players. How right? good was Carl Anthony Towns last year, right. right? And they won 29 games. Yeah. Chris exactly. Dunn, probably not the next Carl Anthony Towns. Right. Just because, you know, he's Carl Anthony Towns is the only Carl Anthony Towns in the last five years. Right. right? Exactly. In terms of having that sort of impact as a rookie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, the Blazers here. They're projected for 46 and a half wins. I feel a regression. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. And I don't think it's a big one. I don't think they fall out of the playoffs or anything. But I think like they're probably like a 43-44 win team. Yeah. Uh, what they win last year? 45? 46? Something like that. I mean, I, I think they're about as 40, good as... They were 44 win team last 44 year. 44 wins? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see how they really took a three win step. I mean, Evan Turner exists, but I don't know if he helps you... Yeah, and Festus is not all right. that healthy all the time. I also think like they got a, away with some really bad defense in the middle of the season when they kind of took mm. off. And that's, you know, I, maybe they correct it because they are together another year and you get the continuity and all that. But they uh, were also really healthy last year too. Yeah, they were really healthy, which not typical for Blazers, right? Like right, they if, kind of are snake bitten a lot. Um, I, I think Lillard and McCollum are still awesome and they're going to be great, but the rest of that roster probably regresses a bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh yeah, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, too, I mean, uh, what new wrinkle Terry Stotts has to add yeah. if, if there is anything. Maybe he maybe makes Evan Turner a three-point shooter. Maybe. I mean, uh, is he a skills development guy? Like, I don't know. I mean, Al Farouk kind of okay. learned a, a little bit. I mean, he was there were people in Dallas who said, like, no, this guy can shoot. We just we, He's just not comfortable shooting yet um, when he was with the Mavericks. So that skill was probably more developed than we thought it was when he went to Portland. Um, Evan Turner... That skill's really not developed at all. So, I, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround, but stranger things have happened. Okay, cool. Well, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to be talking about that media training camp experience we had Tuesday, answering a couple of your questions on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing those things. And more ham dog. Oh, yeah, more ham dog. <laughs> more that's ham dog. That's all coming up next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Hi, welcome into the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. As always, if you want to tweet us questions during the show, at Andy B. Larson, at Talk Hoops, our Twitter handles. Uh, we've got one interesting one from Riley O'Brien that I might like need to look up the 2014 NBA draft for. It's would he's asks would you like to know your twenty he would like to know our twenty fourteen NBA draft picks one through five if redone today would Rodney Hood be the Jazz's pick at number five or would it be still Dante Exum? Oh, that's a good question. I yeah. think you'd probably still go Exum. 
Okay. Because of the potential. Not saying Rodney Hood doesn't have potential, but I think people are a little, a little he, higher on the potential of of Exum. He's right? what, four years younger. Right. Exactly. Um. So I think that he would probably still be the guy, but I think number one goes Andrew Wiggins. Right. Like I don't think we. Yeah, I like, think that's it's fine. It's not like you're throwing James Young in there or Tyler Ennis in there. Um. So I think like it. You know, off the top of my head, like I would go Wiggins, Aaron Gordon. Um, I guess Jabari Parker's in there. Yeah, I think he's probably who's shown more at this part point, Parker or Hood? And I guess Parker's younger. Actually, so. here's my question for you: Does Zach Levine jump Dante Exum? Uh, it's tough yeah, because he had a, so. he had a tough first first year, but he I mean he was so good in the second half of last season. I don't know if that's because opponents were no longer taking the Wolves seriously, or if he really just made a leap. But, I mean, he shot like 43% from three. He was a high-volume scorer. Yeah, I mean, even just on potential, yeah. you're probably going with like the guy who's shown some bounciness and right, yeah. shooting in the NBA rather than just at the Australian high school ball. Yeah, plus you don't get a slam dunk champion by default. Sorry, Jeremy Evans. You get a, you know, the greatest <laughs> one ever, maybe, outside of Vince Carter. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Embiid? Uh, um, I think I'd still dig Embiid. At, at three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not a sound strategy, but I just think like if you if you get him healthy, <laughs> you why would not? be fired at the you know oh, Sam, like Sam Hinkie. I'd be I'd be fired in a week if I was a GM. A week? A what would you do week. in that week? You don't want to know. <laughs> a lot of bad stuff. All right. Well, we went to the Zion's Bank Basketball Center on Tuesday uh, to go through the media training camp, and so just wanted to talk about that briefly and kind of the things we learned and and whether or not it was fun. I don't know. What we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but. First of all, just kind of to give you guys an idea of what we did during this, uh, it's a two-hour thing, and the first hour was basically going through station drills, right? Uh, where they send us through, kind of run us through the Jazz's defense, a, a shell drill. Uh, we did some layup and finishing drills, some some shooting drills, and then a ball handling drill. Right. Uh, all of it was pretty basic basketball stuff. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Actually, in the first two years Quinn did this, there were he actually ran us through a couple plays. Oh, okay. Um, that would have been cool. Which, yeah, I think I got more out of that in, yeah. in years past than just like, here's a layup line. And right, exactly. Here's now finish right foot off, you know, off your right foot with your right hand, which I actually yeah. can't do. But, okay. <laughs> you know, I, can, I, I wasn't I can, trying to improve my basketball skills. Yeah, I, was trying I, to I maybe, can do the right foot, right hand pretty easily. The left foot, left hand is really tough for me yeah, to, okay. to peg down. I also couldn't do the hesitation uh, reverse one just because okay. like there's too many steps sure. to, to make that work. I don't want to. I don't want to brag here. Good. I don't want to brag here, but my floater was so good immediately mm. that they brought out the oar. I mean, I had the oar from the beginning. So right. Well, that, that was our, our. Maybe they just scouted me. And our knew. first station was was the layup. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we started that off, and I think I inspired the oar to come okay. out. Yeah. Well, I know I inspired it for us. I don't. I guess I inspired it for everyone. I think. I think you did. I okay. think you really made a change. Uh, I, I've changed Utah Jazz basketball yes. as we speak. That's that's the first time that's or ever been used. <laughs> uh, the the orb is a literal like like you would paddle with orb. right yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, to simulate used, Rudy Gobert essentially yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is weird because the Jazz don't have to play against Rudy Gobert no just the other tall people You're right. Uh, and then we went into three teams, five-on-five five scrimmaging. There were about, what, 25 people there? Ish, so each team yeah. had like eight players. Yeah. We'd rotate in, or Sounds out, about in right. and out. Uh, did, you, did you learn anything from scouting other media members? Um, I learned that there are a lot of people that don't pass. 
Yeah. I was very upset. Yeah. Uh, my competitive juices got flowing, uh, which I try to subside quite a bit uh, because I can become a real pain when it comes to being competitive. Uh, but Dream still complains about last year when I picked him up like at the <laughs> free throw, uh, other end of the free throw line. I'm like, yeah. I would have loved that because that would have meant I've, I got the ball. Uh, yeah. I yeah no we, we can say how whatever we want but like I I felt like I was the best player on our team. I want team. you to call out specific. No, I, well I don't know the names of people. Oh, uh, the right. only people I know were are you and Aaron from the team. I don't know okay. the names of anyone else, and so I can't call it. Oh, I know Brittany. I passed to Brittany and got her layup. Yeah, that's true. So that, that was, was, that was yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. yeah, I I think if I had gotten the ball more, we would have won that thing. That's what some, I say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You're saying there's not enough passing to you is really what you're complaining. I went about. the first three minutes of the of the first scrimmage. And didn't touch the literally didn't touch Ouch. the ball, and then got subbed out, and I and I was incensed. You should, yeah, I had I mean, to be I literally had to be calmed down by Haley. It was it was bad. Yell at your coach. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> That's another thing. Hold on, one more rant. Okay. We were tied, and we had the ball coming out of a timeout, uh-huh. and our coach said, "Zach, you run the point." Yeah. So I got open on the inbound, didn't get the ball, never touched on that possession. We went to overtime. Yeah. Who who did get the ball? Was I don't it, remember. Uh, was it? I can't even. Remember I can't remember, but I know they took a shot way too early. <laughs> so that's my complaint. But I'm over complaining about it's, that. Whatever. But I had a great time at this. It was yeah. actually it was really fun. It's a cool thing to do. I know the the Hawks do like a media tournament. Yeah, they do a three on three. Yeah, the Wizards cool. the Wizards do a thing. Uh, maybe one other team does something. I can't really remember. But um, but I think like I think it would be smart for all teams to adopt this because or something along these lines because I really do think it's a kind of this good starting point for the season for everyone involved. Some teams just don't care about the media, which is fine. Um, like I can't imagine the Spurs doing this, but uh, but I do These think... These are all Spurs guys though, right? Like They, they got out. Like Shawshank. They got true. out and they were able to like, you know, work on their boats <laughs> and everything. Work in grocery okay. stores or whatever. Um, but no, I, th- like, I think that it's... I really think it's a cool thing to do for both sides of the coverage. Yeah. From a media point of view, uh, you end up working with these coaches and talking to them yeah. and that sort of stuff. That's great. Talk to, talk to Mike Wells about some defense stuff that was really fun. Like, yeah. It was great. That was honestly the biggest thing maybe I learned was in that defensive shell drill, just like how much the Jazz don't care about the defensive three seconds. Did he, did he give yeah, you that rant? Right. He was like, look, we're going to have someone stand here if the ball's over there, right. and they're going to call a defensive three seconds on us, and that's cool, but they're, they'll call it once a game. Yeah, he said make him call it. And, that's what he told yeah. us. Yeah, and, and that's true. Like. I'm amazed at how many players get away with three seconds on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, like Nikola Pekovic, when he played, never left, <laughs> never left the paint. Like yeah. j- and Andrew Bynum, except when he was taking threes, never left the paint, and they just rarely got it called on them. Do you wish it was called more? Like I, I don't really, I don't wish really it care. Was more. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. Like it's, I mean, I don't want zone defenses like we see in college. I think that's a horrible way to play basketball. But, but I don't think. Even if you didn't have the defensive three-second rules, I don't. I don't know that that would fly in the NBA. right because the NBA players can actually shoot. Better. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that probably wouldn't work. But yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I think you exploit the strategy uh, until they call it against you. Yeah. Uh, another interesting thing I learned. I, I had a chance to talk with. The uh, best part of the whole thing was afterwards, just like talking to the coaches. Yeah. And, um, hanging out on the court, that sort of stuff. I had a chance to talk to Quinn, and he told me that. They plan on adjusting the offense a little bit. Obviously, you've got more skilled bigs, and we'll actually hear from Gordon Hayward later on in the show about that. Uh, but they also want Rudy Gobert to operate more out of the post than the elbow, um, which I think is kind of an interesting adjustment. Basically, some teams weren't guarding Rudy Gobert at the elbow. At right? all. Like, at just, all. Yeah. Like Mason Plumlee dropping off all the way right. to, to just not guard who, Rudy at the elbow. 
you can't not do that on, on at the post, right? Right. Like you have to guard a post guy, or else he's just gonna. Seems turn like a and bold dunk. strategy if you don't. <laughs> but then he also said that he thinks Rudy Gobert can be a playmaker out of the post, which I think is is interesting. I, too. I think he can be a solid passer. I think a lot of the times we see him struggle with playmaking because he's catching the ball on a roll, uh-huh. and I don't and I don't think he's comfortable with that. But if you give him the ball as a passer out of the post. I'm not saying he's going to be Marcus Saul, but I think he can be someone who moves the ball pretty well. Yeah, he, I mean, I think, yeah, he's not going to be as good as Gasol, but I think he does have those kind of like Euro sensibilities. Of, yeah, absolutely. Of finding guys from that spot yeah. and, and being able to out, maybe not necessarily throw over his shoulder to a cutter, but right. make stuff happen. Make if defense is, is and honestly, out of like position. playing that way now that Boris Dio is on a team, like I'm not saying Boris is going to teach him every trick of the trade and, he, and he's going to catch them all and be able to do everything, but he probably learns a couple of things next to Boris for an entire season yeah. as they're trying to, you know, ev- evolve this this playmaking ability of his. Yeah, I, Rudy's still in such like an interesting spot offensively because he does want to be good and he does have like surprisingly good passing ability for yeah. someone his size. Uh, it's just kind of whether or not he can figure out everything else and then how to use him in the meantime as you try to chase 56 wins. Right, exactly. Fif- minimum 56 wins. At least. That. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I also learned that I'm just not very good at basketball. I, I can't shoot. I Like in our Saturday pickup games, I just never ever shoot. And that's, right. you know, yeah. free scouting report. Sure. And <laughs> it works out. But That's okay. When you're I, a shooting I, drill, they make you actually yeah. shoot, and it's. it's I it shoot sucks. enough for both of us, so I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone needs to Someone shoot extra. Just pass you the ball, right? All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk about the arena renovation, the 125 million dollar changes that the Miller family is making to Vivint Arena, that, and some refereeing changes coming up in the Ooh. league this year. Next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. We're going to talk about the arena renovation announced yesterday uh, by the Miller family. $125 million total going to Vivint Arena Changes. A whole bunch of stuff. You can check out my article on it on KFSL.com. It's going to be easiest for you to find it if you just roll over sports and click on Utah Jazz. Great, great website. Yeah. Also, you probably know how to use the internet. Or actually, yeah. On yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Maybe Google knows. Uh, Our producer John LaFollette also did a good uh, recap of it on ESPN700Sports.com. There you go. Uh, So, bunch of changes they're redoing the plaza they're creating this new like entry atrium uh where you can buy tickets and there will be the store and you can like do security without being in the rain or the snow in, yeah, in that's Salt Lake's case which is good yeah uh they're obviously doing a whole bunch of stuff to the luxury suites and clubs and all that the seats will be ripped out and new ones will be installed uh the seating capacity capacity will be reduced a little bit as a, re- as a result of some of these changes uh the luxury boxes and and maybe bigger seats although i don't think that's been decided on yet like how right. big of seats and what color they will be and that sort of thing they can decide that later uh solar panels are being installed on the roof uh the locker rooms are being changed both home and away you've been in a lot of nba arenas how yeah. many do you, like have you been in all of them yet not in all of them but okay. a, a pretty good number 
how does Vivint Arena compare now to other arenas in the league, and how does it? How do these changes? Where where will the arena stack up after that? Yeah, now it it, now it's in the bottom half. I would say. Okay. You know, I haven't been everywhere, but um, but yeah, like it kind of reminds me of the Target Center, which is not very good. Okay. Um, in Min- in Minnesota, uh, it's it's just an old arena, right? Like it, I think it's. I actually like how um, I like everything inside the bowl. You know, like where the seats are and everything. I think it's a good setup. I think I like all that. I love the, the most seat part. pitch, by the way. Yeah. Like, and maybe that's just because I was an upper bowl guy, like sure. sitting way up there. But I, like sitting in the upper bowl of, of a Vivint Arena game compared to like a Brooklyn Nets game is a very different experience. Very different experience. Yeah. I think that I think the layout of that is all very good. Um, but everything around it, like everything on the concourse and stuff, just it doesn't it feels outdated to me. Okay. Uh, so because of that, I think the overall experience for a customer is probably like it would be way different if you went to something a little bit more modern. Like the yeah. the Amway arena, Amway Arena in Orlando is just brilliant. Mm. Like uh, and, and it's it's new, it's right. new, so it should be right. But it's um, sight lines are great. Like walking around the arena is fun. Um, it's it's very open, but but still you feel like relatively intimate with the court and everything. Like it's just a very good setup. Uh, good locker rooms and everything. So I I'm big on that. Uh, but yeah, like with how the things are, you know, projected or, or designed to, to renovate, like, I think it'll be really nice. Like, I think it's going to be one of the better arenas, like not, you know, Barclay, I love Barclay center. Like, I think that's great. I do agree about the upper deck, like upper deck views are, are garbage, mm-hmm. but everything else within the arena, I think is fantastic. Um, but I think that like the locker room changes they have designed, like it reminds me a lot of a bigger version of what the Miami heat have and Miami heat have a very cool locker room. Um, I think like that circular setup is, is kind of the way most teams should go because I think it not only just for media access and everything, I think it's just a better setup for all the players to be looking at each other at once. Right. Yeah. You, you don't have a weird corner like the jazz. Do yeah. Now yeah, exactly. You, yeah. You've got like four players stuck in there and then 15 media members trying to interview right. them individually. And it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. And I think, I just think just updating the concourse is just smart. Like any, I love the idea of the upper deck with like that open concourse where you can still see the game as you're getting stuff. I think that's a very cool design that yeah. will add a lot to the people with, you know, not so expensive seats, but still get a great experience for the game. Yeah. I mean that again, that's how I started out was yeah, for those sure. upper bowl corner seats. And I would have loved to be able to go up a few stairs and get my snacks and go to the bathroom there. Right. Exactly. Than go all the way down. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be cool. And I, I do, I, I do have a cool little views. worry about people walking down steps though, from up high with their food and drinks. Uh, yeah. Maybe a coordination problem there. Yeah, I, I'm a little people, worried about that. Probably someone will die. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Those stairs are steep. Yeah, I think they do need to to realign stuff to where they can do that that dice roll from the absolute top Ooh, all like the that. way down. I, I don't see why it can't happen. Yeah, there's no way anyone gets injured with that, <laughs> right? No. Yeah, I like, I agree. That's a little perilous. Uh, <laughs> maybe they'll redesign the the handrails as well to yeah. go along with it. Maybe they'll redesign the stairs so there's cushion on there. I, right. I'm skeptical, but yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe the whole suite thing. Like I like that's just good yeah, business, right? Like right. I that yeah. doesn't matter to me. I don't really care if a suite is great or not. But if it works for the team, it works for the team. Right. Uh, you and I will never be 
invited. I've been to the to. Never uh, mind. I, no, I won't ever be invited. No, you no. Can in be. the in the old Arco Arena, I went to a suite a couple of times for a couple of games. Okay. Uh, it was it was like being in a closet. Like it, it there yeah. was there was free food in there, but that was literally the only perk to it. It, it was doesn't awful, sound like that much fun. And maybe it, no, it was an awful because it's Arco, but right that that arena sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was cool when like the team was good. Right. And everyone, I did not go when the team was good, so it was a horrible experience. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know any better. No. Uh, the other story I wanted to talk, to talk about during this segment is the referee changes. Uh, Brian Mahoney of the Associated Press did a story on these today. They did kind of a referee training camp almost with the media yeah. too, it sounds like, and uh, announced a few changes there. First of all, kind of the Draymond Green rule right. where <laughs> you can't unnaturally flail and, and hit another player that's going to be a flagrant foul. Stay away from groins. That's the new rule. Yeah, I, or just like any sort of like swinging and then yeah. oops, I accidentally hit you in the face or right. groin or anywhere. It, right. It, it, but especially it, the groin. Yeah, <laughs> but especially that. That's for that. Uh, the, the traveling stuff is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I think we're going to see a lot of it early on. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing a lot of travel calls early on in the season, and I think by the end of the season it's going to be like it always was. But it's basically guys who catch the ball, get run off a three-point shot, and then drive – coaches are complaining the guys are shuffling their feet there and they are a lot oh sure absolutely it's just yeah it's it's hard to call every one of them i mean just kind of from a jazz point of view rodney hood does that a lot he splits his feet when he catches the ball pump fakes and then drives right right that's a travel if you move both of your feet at the same time without having dribbled uh i think that may hurt Rodney Hood earlier on in the season as as the refs start calling probably. this, and then you know, like every other one of these rules, it'll probably go away in in six weeks. Right. Uh, I think the unnatural flailing thing will stick, kind of like flopping. Yeah, they're going to make sure like, that that sticks through the playoffs. Right. Like they're that one will be legitimate. Um, another one was off ball movement. Yeah. Uh, no longer Matthew Del Delvadova can just grab people the entire time. Allegedly, I'm not sure how long that will keep up because yeah, I think playoff basketball really won't be called that way. Exactly. That's kind of the question is how many of these calls are you willing to make during the playoffs right, exa- yeah, exactly. rather than at the beginning of the year? Right. I don't know if that'll make a difference by April, May, June. Probably. I would assume not much like the travel call, but right. yeah, I think the Draymond rules sticking around. Uh, and then the replay center is doing things a little bit differently. Yeah, apparently coach, or apparently, referees will have control over the calls on everything for replay reviews outside of uh, fights and flagrants. That will still get help from the, from the replay center in Secaucus, New Jersey. Um, I think this is a bad idea. So you're saying the referees at, at, in Secaucus won't be making these decisions? The referees on the court will. No, that's actually that's oh, that's, not the case. That's not that's the, the case. Opposite. Oh, I read it wrong then. Yeah, so referees manning the replay center in Secaucus will continue to be given Oh, it's rep- opposite of what I thought it was. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, then I'm in on this. Okay. Then, oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. 100% in Basically, on this. Basically, the Secaucus refs get to make more decisions on everything besides yeah. flagrant fouls and fights. The less Ed Malloy does, the better. Yeah. That's, what, that's my rule. He's rarely in Secaucus, we hear. So. <laughs> you know what? They should put him in the replay center. Yeah, I like it. That's what uh, I would do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's uh, having more of the replay center means that you don't have to communicate with the officials. They don't have to see stuff that the replay center right. can it's see Right, hey, by the way, the guy stepped, on, guy stepped on the line. Yeah. There you go. That's really the thing that needs to be sped up in my mind is like the one replay replays, you know, where you yeah. can see it in one shot. You're like, yep, definite in or out, no right. question. I, I don't mind it if it's a close call and you need to see it from a couple of angles and it takes a minute. It's the kind of why are we wasting our time with this easy call for yeah. a minute and a half right exactly 
Uh, yeah, those should be like 20-second ordeals, right? Yeah. That's all. Right. Like, oh, yep, three, cool. They claimed done. last season that um, that replays had been reduced from like 90 seconds on average to like 45 seconds. I don't really buy that. Cause I think because they've started replaying easier stuff. Right. Well, really, yeah, that, probably. That's really that's actually probably, like the secret that's probably reason the case. behind that stat change. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. Uh, you know me. I love the referee stuff. Oh, uh, another referee thing. Violet Palmer uh, announced her retirement today. So Yeah, she's tricky, right? Like, I think that um, it's a great thing she broke into the business and was one of the pioneers for female referees in the NBA. I also think she was a horrendous referee. Yeah, I don't think she was good. Right. Uh, Dee Kentner, by the way, was worse. Yeah, she was worse. I, I think Lauren Holkamp gets a bad rap, but I think that she's not very good yet because she's a second-year referee or whatever she was. Yeah. I think most young referees are horrible and then they have to learn to not be so horrible. So I think, I actually <laughs> think like she'll be fine. I think she'll be fine as a referee, but yeah. Violet Palmer was really bad. I think she's, I think Holt Camp's actually pretty good in her calls. I think she's bad at, I think she overdoes it a little bit to okay. kind of prove. Uh, I, and I think especially since the Chris Paul incident. Yeah. And that's something that really put Which everyone, in, yeah, put yeah. her in a bad situation to where she ha- she ends up getting tested because of it, right? And then right. has to, in theory overcompensate to make up for that and it just that was a bad situation and a bad fallout yeah that that wasn't a good look yeah all right we're gonna go ahead and take a break on the other side we've got our review of nba 2k on gameplay my gm your favorite mode my career what i've been playing most of uh and also a semi-exclusive gordon hayward interview i don't know if this has been out there anywhere so we're gonna we're gonna play it if you haven't heard it you've heard it here first yeah, <laughs> exclusive <laughs> to people who aren't paying attention. <laughs> right. A Gordon Hayward interview. All that's next coming up on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. The home of the best Utah Jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. So we spent the break watching Jimmer Fredette highlights. Uh, apparently Jimmer's first game was tonight or I mean September 22nd, whenever that is in China time. That could be any time. It, it, I mean, it was probably like I'm three weeks so ago. I'm so bad from... with time zones that aren't the U.S. time zone. And even then, I wasn't really good that with mountain time zone until I moved here. Yeah, I so, mean, that one's that that's, one's complicated. That's a that's a forgotten time zone. I actually really like mountain time zone it's from like great. a watching stuff point of view. It's great for watching stuff. Just like games on between five and eight thirty, basically NBA right. games. There's and a reason there's an East Coast bias because it sucks for watching anything outside of the East Coast. What's great with mountain time is you can watch everything, yeah, more or less, and one hundred percent. Especially live. if you're at home all day like me, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then, then you can watch anything. <laughs> Anyway, Jimmer scored 33 points, had six rebounds, three assists in his Chinese league debut. Uh, he, you know, looks like the best player on the floor, and that's sure. how hey. that works because he is. My guy, Jonathan Gibson, who is trying to make the Mavericks roster, averaged 42 a game last season in China. Ooh, so Jimmer's got a... Averaged 42. The year before, 39 a Jimmer's game. Jimmer's got to catch up is what you're he's saying. Got, he's way off Jonathan Gibson. Uh, the Chinese league is not playable in NBA 2K. No. But the EuroLeague is. It is. Along with the NBA and, of course, kind of the some old teams, right? The, right. The Classic teams, teams, yeah. yeah. Uh, we wanted to... The NBA 2K came out one week ago tomorrow. Right. So we've played... I, I've played, probably played like eight to ten hours of it. I've played a lot more than eight okay. to ten hours. <laughs> no, but you, A, you had it before me. Yeah, right. And that's the only excuse. And B, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, th- this is what a good son I was I last week. I went to week, a soccer game. Is I, I, went, I helped my parents move 
uh, to Oregon from California last week. Right. Um, and then after like all the stuff was moved in, I was like, oh, by the way, I got to play this video game for work <laughs> for, <laughs> for the whole weekend. So I, I probably spent like legitimately like 18 hours okay. Saturday and Sunday playing NBA 2K. Yeah. Because that's all I did. That's it was just, <laughs> I didn't know what to do in Salem, Oregon. So I played, I played NBA 2K and, uh, I wrote a review of the franchise mode, uh, my GM, which is my favorite mode. NBA 2K, for full disclosure, is my favorite game. Like, okay. just period. Um, it has been since the Dreamcast days. Like, I, it's just my, I, I like basketball a lot. Yeah. And then I like that game. I think it's, it's really well done. Uh, but in the past, there have been some issues I have had with certain aspects of the game that kind of makes it repetitive. I kind of think, I think those are gone. Really? Okay. Like, I really, like, that's, kinda, that's what I wrote is that with the inclusion of expansion, which they have in the in the game now, mm-hmm. um, and with the the league meetings, which is like rules committees, so like they can uh, they they eliminated the trade deadline in my in one of my franchises. Really? Like yeah, it, they voted and That's approved crazy. eliminated. So they every year they nominate five rules, and some of them can pass, all of them can pass, none of them can pass, um, based on random voting within the league. But they do things like hey, by the way, maybe goaltending will be allowed from now on. Huh. Um, so it's kind of a cool thing. So I think like no matter what you do, whether you do expansion uh, teams, whether you just take over the Utah Jazz or whatever, every experience, like every time you start a new franchise mode, I think it's a different experience. Cool. So and that's what I like about it. There's not it's not repetitive anymore. Are you simming through? Fan- like how are you? I was I was doing quite a bit of simming. Obviously um, to write yeah, your review. Yeah, to try to because I was yeah. trying to win a franchise as quickly as possible with the San Diego surf after taking Michael Beasley with my number one pick in the expansion draft. <laughs> That's surprise. Bold. We won the championship in 2020. Michael Beasley was no longer on the team. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was your best player at that point? I had signed Kawhi Leonard. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> <there seems you. laughs> okay. It all uh, makes sense. Now. Yeah, but no, but, it, but in terms of the actual gameplay, it's sped up, which I like. Um, yeah. it was a little slow last year. There's still some issues with, you know, dribbling and, Everything like they they said they revamped the dribbling and I think they built a good base for it, but I don't think it's as good as they wanted it to be. Um, but yeah, I, I love the game. I think it's great. Yeah, I think I think it's fun. Um, I like I need to get better at it. I I still haven't like really figured out how to get everything to go on the court the way I want it to. And sure. so in the end, I just end up running a lot of like high pick and roll. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just branch off of that if that makes sense right read the defense that's kind of the cool thing though is it's very reactive right like it's like guy like the computer will move off ball if a guy gets left open or whatever you know like it's it's pretty cool and i think kind of realistically so too with with guys skill sets is something i've noticed too so you know uh, different teams with a a roy hibbert team will guard pick and roll differently than a i don't know boris dio team right and also like uh, so i was there for a community day um a few weeks ago yeah at their headquarters and uh, learning more about their, it's called ACE, which is their adaptive coaching something, whatever okay. E stands for. <laughs> um, but they, so they went around to, I believe, almost every coach in the league, like 28, 29 coaches they got, and asked them about like, hey, in this situation against this team, how are you adjusting or whatever? And so they put in like six or 7,000 adjustments that mm. the computer can can call on and can figure out. So it, it really is like just a little bit more than artificial intelligence in that respect because it, it can adapt to how you're playing and uh and it and they even said and i don't know this to be true because i haven't experienced it yet but they did say like you will be defended by the same team differently in the regular season than you are in the playoffs so like it does kind of matter the stakes of the game i guess which yeah. is maybe too realistic for some people <laughs> like i it, it is kind of complicated at times um i or i would imagine so for like the non-basketball nerds like myself yeah you don't you don't necessarily want the 
them to be going halfway during half, you know, during your regular season game. Right, you, exactly. You want to have a good experience then. Yeah, too. for sure. But you also want to have an open experience during the playoffs. You know, yeah. you want to have fun. Right. Not just have it be terrible. Right, or, exactly. Like <laughs> a Raptors heat game, say. Right. Uh, although maybe that's realism. Sure. <laughs> is, is Raptors heat. Especially when they're wearing those horrible... The camouflage uniforms for the Raptors. Yeah. That's awful. And then I think they had like a military uniform for the Heat, which support the troops and all that, but those uniforms are awful. Yeah, just the camo doesn't look good in a uniform. No, it doesn't. In, in Plus you can't see the players. <laughs> it's really bad. Right. <laughs> Only the ball. It's just Only the ball. It's just a like floating basketball. Yeah. Uh, I played a lot of my career with my Yeah, I started hours. getting into that a, a, a few days ago. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like you, you start out as a high school senior and then – play like four or five college games and then get drafted and and play a season with your team um i'm through like the first couple months of that season yeah and it's it does get a little bit repetitive and like the practice game practice game kind of set up right like you just end up doing a lot of shoot arounds uh it honestly wouldn't be bad if the loading time was better right it's just that that is kind of a bad thing with everything in the game is the loading times aren't great it's it's like a, a minute to get in from your your house, so to speak. To <laughs> right, you practice. live in a warehouse. No, this you live in a warehouse with a basketball court, a pool table, a couch, and a bar. And like you can basically only only interact with the court and the TV. I guess you can sit on the couch. And right. Watch their, watch uh, the TV. But all like like Demarcus Cousins play. just walk just like comes over. Yeah. And then like wants to play basketball, and it's like I got stuff to do, Demarcus. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Demarcus doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't have anything it, it to do. It does feel like tampering a little bit. It feels a lot like tampering. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super illegal. <laughs> I mean, for as much as they got right about the CBA in that game, that's there's a, a lot thing. of tampering in that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris Paul texting you left and right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's what's up with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, like, I think, or maybe I'm doing it wrong, but um, I don't like that you have to do everything in the my career mode yeah it I, feels I mean, a like, little slow you can sim through practices and games right but then right. at the end of your career your player will be Awful. a 63 right you know, exactly. level guy and I, you know you don't want that for your guy you right know? so yeah i'm i'm with you uh speaking of video games overall buy it overall absolutely buy it yeah it's great it's a be- it's the best sports game i think that's what i would except say except for fifa Whoa! No, I I, I like Whoa. FIFA better than 2K. I'll, I'll Whoa. say it. Gordon Hayward does too. Where, what so does I had he a know? chance to talk to Gordon Hayward at the Microsoft City Creek store where he was doing the sponsor thing, playing FIFA with fans. Yeah. Um, and he likes FIFA better than 2K, and he's wow. like an avid video gamer, right? Is it because he looks skinny in 2K? Is that why? Because he's uh, they, they might didn't, be they a, didn't he's add just his very muscles. Offended. Yeah, he's offend, offended that they have him as like a. 21 year old gordon hayward yeah i mean they got his hairstyle right at least this hair year. looks it's sheveled it's uh, completely yes. sheveled <laughs> the arms also look like they are hair because they are so skinny right <laughs> that's true <laughs> so that's a bummer not everything in the game is realistic right uh i did have a chance to talk with gordon hayward at this event for about seven eight minutes and kind of caught up with him not only about video games but about the upcoming basketball season and where he stands on that um i asked him about how playing with the bigs he'll have this year you know instead of having just Derek favors rudy gobert kind of big defensive bigs and you know trevor booker and trey lyles are changed pace but they'll be playing or trey lyles especially will be playing a bigger role and obviously boris dl coming in joe right. johnson playing at the four i asked him what that does for the jazz's versatility let's hear what he had to say yeah i mean i think you see today's game there's a lot more spacing um, a lot more skill and i think the beauty of our team is that we can kind of do it all um, 
you know, we could play really, really big and go smash mouth basketball with Fave and Rudy, and um, you could even throw Boris in there. He's a really effective player when he has an advantage. Um, Odie and I are, are bigger wings, Joe Johnson too. Um, or you can go really small and put Trey Lyles almost as like a five and, and go that type of route. So I think it's exciting for me to be involved in what we're building here. And I know, you know, Quinn is brilliant with his spacing and offense and getting guys in the right spots. And so it'll be fun to see what he's got in store for us. I mean, I think that's, I, I think that's cool how, first of all, he believes in Quinn so much, right? Yeah. Like you can tell. He says, okay, now kind of our, our mastermind, Quinn, has, has got all right. these different pieces to work with. And he's actually excited to see what kind of different plays that they're going to start putting in at the beginning of training camp on Monday. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's, um, you know, we've kind of talked in the past to, like, do the Jazz Pass too much, mm-hmm. right? But I think as you have skilled big men who can kind of do this stuff, it probably does matter in terms of getting the defense moving side to side and and getting them off balance. So adding more skill big men, having Gordon being able to play off them instead of having to create so much can only be a good thing. Well, and it's a skill to make incisive passes, right? Yeah, Rather, right. You, anybody can make the easy pass. It's right. not a big deal. Yeah. And that's maybe why the Jazz pass so much is maybe they didn't have elite passers passing the ball. If right, you know, exactly. You have Trey Burke out there. He's not making those kind of incisive passes right. uh, in the way that maybe a George Hill would. Right, um, but Boris Diaw like, kind of brings that Andre Kirilenko element, yeah. right? Where it's like he sees the the pass, he makes the pass knowing that the next pass will be made to a guy that will be open for a score, right? right. Like that that's something that's just not a lot of teams can do. Uh, I also asked him, kind of, this is the first training camp where expectations have been this high with uh, veteran players around as well. If that's changing what these pre-training camp workouts are looking like, let's let's hear what he had to say. I mean, I think as soon as you add Boris and Joe and George and some of those veteran guys, it just changes things. Um, you know, those are guys that have been to finals, have won finals, um, been in big-time playoff uh, series. So um, I think just their preparation, just their presence, honestly, is a big thing for, for me. It's a big thing for our younger guys, too. You know, so uh, it's been good with those guys kind of teaching and showing some of us younger guys how it should be done in the preseason, pre-training camp type workouts. That was something I heard at uh, media training camp and, and talking to people before that is that this feels like a different September than in years past yeah. where you have guys who are at the end of their careers and they want to accomplish something now before they don't have any time left, you know, right. be- before they die. Like I said earlier, on <laughs> right, at show, 35 years old. they're not going to die <laughs> You've before hit 35. their NBA careers run out. Right. You know, there is kind of a urgency where it's not we're a young team. It's like we got to figure this out right away this season now and be a good team Right, you know, when win games this season. Yeah, because there is pressure, right? I mean, yeah. I've picked them for 56 or more wins. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, I think that it is, it's a lot different than last year because last year it was like, hey, wow, we had this great second half, right? Yeah. And maybe we can be a playoff team now. Like, we should be a playoff team. And then the injuries happened. They missed the playoffs by technically two games, but I guess really like a game. Um and and that was disappointing and it was it was it weird it was weird because you went from going hey maybe this team can make the playoffs to um why didn't this team make the playoffs right right and then you add these pieces you kind of fill in the holes that were there and you go into next season thinking like not only should this team make the playoffs and make that leap like this team should be one of the four best teams in the west really and you have consequences if it doesn't work out yeah gordon hayward's free agency gordon hayward's free agency george hill's free agency you know like they're yeah you know, you have decisions to make with upcoming extensions and everything. Like it's there, there are some serious ramifications. Right. 
Uh, I asked him about what Dante Exum looks like. Obviously, Jazz fans really want to know that. They haven't yeah. seen him in action in over a year, uh, which is kind of crazy, actually. It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just kind of what he looks like from his point of view. Uh, here's what Gordon said. He's, uh, he's really worked on his body. Um, obviously, that's you know, what he's been able to do. Um, but just by seeing him play, I mean, he's... he's um, Really picking up the feel for the game, which is which is something that you know is hard to learn when you're 19 years old coming in playing point guard and um, just watching him. You know he sees the game a lot better. It seems like it's slowing down for him, and he's making the right passes. And he's really good at using his size already for being such a young player. Um, he's a big guy. He's got a lot of weight on him, and he uses that to advantage. I thought that was interesting because, you know, obviously said some nice things there about yeah. him being a bigger, obviously a big point guard, uh, learning the feel of the game. But he wasn't too complimentary. It wasn't like... Yeah, it wasn't like, hey, this guy's going to be great, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, no, he's he's understanding what it's like to be an NBA player. And I think that's where, again, having not seen Dante Exum for an entire year, I think Jazz fans feel like he could be anywhere, right? Right. And I think that's kind of a realistic... Uh, point of view of where Dante Exum actually is coming into the season. I mean, yeah. we saw like how Jabari Parker came back last year from the ACL tear and, right. and it was slow at first. Yeah. Uh, and I think Parker is, uh, and is and was a lot further along in yeah, his for career sure. and skill wise yeah. than Dante Exum is. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like from stuff I've heard, I think stuff you've heard as well that like George Hill's legitimately mentoring yeah. Dante to some yeah. extent, right? Like it's not just like I'm the veteran, you're the young guy, get out of my way type of thing. It's helping him learn stuff here and there. Um, that can only benefit him as long as he soaks it in and, and actually learns it. And also, I think Dante has, you know, Dante's a competitive guy. He's an NBA player. That's how right. they get that way. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's rare that people make the NBA and not be competitive. But I think he's a little bit, he realizes how big of a difference there is between him and George Hill right now and, and kind of that he's taking it more seriously because he knows there there is that gap. He's yeah. not the guy he has to he has to beat someone out. He has to prove himself right. in order to be getting minutes on on this roster. And based on what we think the roster is going to look like, right? Like if he if he can't play right away and he's not good, Shelvin Mack will play. Yeah, Howell Nettle will play. Like someone will play instead of him because this team has expectations and they not need to win now, but they should win now. Right. You can you can give time to Dante, but in in the end, if you need to win games, he's yeah, and he and he can't play. Then yeah, someone else will get it. Falling off. Uh. We asked a couple of video game questions as well. First, what his first favorite first video game was that he really got into, and okay. then his favorite video game uh, that he he spent the most time with. Probably uh, like regular Mario Brothers. I played that with my dad um, on just a regular Nintendo. Uh, we, we played that. We played a lot of Dunk, Duck Hunt. Um, uh, then after that, it was probably um, the first game that I probably really fell in love with was probably Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Um, that was spending a lot of hours playing that game. Um, and then I think once, and then the Xbox hit, and I think Halo was in my game after that. Once, once I got my parents' approval, that was the biggest challenge was for me. Key. Was you know, I think it was rated M for mature, and yeah. I was like 12 at the time, so I had to convince my mom that I was fighting the bad guys and I was a good, good guy saving the universe. You know, so that was a struggle for me. Did the Haywards make the right choice? Is 12 too young to play Halo? I, I was playing worse before that, so <laughs> okay. I think it was fine. I don't know. Is Battletoads bad? I, I you're know. battling yeah your toads. I think it's fine it's probably fine right like, I'm just playing Gordon it turned out okay right yeah he's <laughs> successful right like I'm marginally successful <laughs> like I think it's okay uh I played Ninja Gaiden at okay. a really young age yeah. I'm sure um 
I think the first game that I super got into was the that like Nintendo Olympics with okay. the, like the running pad and all that yeah. stuff. Like I really got into that for a while. Cool. Yeah. Mine legitimately is is the original Nintendo Super Mario Brothers too. Yeah, like, that's also great. That's my dad gave me a hand me down NES and we yeah. played Mario like it's nineteen eighty seven or whatever. I still remember the birthday where I got Super Nintendo. Ooh. And uh and like my parents woke me up super early that morning because they had hooked it up to this TV in my room, this like little tiny TV in my room. And they let me play it for an hour before I went to school. And I didn't learn anything that day because the <laughs> entire day it was Super Mario Brothers 3, I think. Okay. Uh, and I just wanted to, I that's all I thought about the entire day. I just wanted to get home to that. Yeah. I, yeah. As it should be. As it should be. Don't <laughs> learn. Play video games, kids. Uh, You'll end up on the radio. Yeah. Now, League of Legends is his favorite game. He plays it, you know, kind of sets aside time. He t- told me about how... He'll tell Robin, his wife, like, look, I'm going to be playing video games for the next 40 minutes. <laughs> Don't turn the computer off if one of the kids is freaking out. Yeah. Like, this is my time. We'll figure it out <laughs> after after these 40 minutes have been played. Because you can't just leave your online game while in the middle of it, right? Like, right. You can't, you can't pause or whatever. No, they. I think they fire you or whatever, yeah. whatever the equivalent is. They ban <laughs> the you or they boot him. you. Right, the jazz would cut him. <laughs> They would make him become 35 years old and his career would be done. And then finally I asked him about his FIFA playing and I was wildly offended. <laughs> so I only played with Jeremy and like the guys on the team. Um, and actually Jeremy was the one that started because he would bring all these new gadgets onto the plane to play it with. Like he would have the latest and greatest laptop. Um, and then he got to the point where he had brought a projector onto the plane. Um, and we'd like project it all on the front and everybody could watch and... Um, that was that was definitely a lot of fun. We'd do it in the hotel rooms too, um, but really just played with the guys on the team. I never really went home and played. FIFA to me was more of a game you have to play with somebody else, and it's it's a lot more fun when they're sitting right next to you, so you can trash talk and you know celebrate when you score a goal and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I didn't appreciate that, Gordon. No, that's a slap in your face. I- I've played a lot of FIFA by myself. Right. It's not a game you have to play with somebody else. I'm I'm uh... offended. Is it? Are you no, I guess no, I guess I played it more by myself than with people. Like it's fun with people, don't right. get me wrong, and like honestly when I'm playing by myself it's mostly online. With- What's great is this quote from him prompted you, me, and, and another person that, like, we're going to hang out tonight after the show and yeah. play FIFA. Yeah, we can say Aaron, right? Yeah, Aaron, yeah I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we wanted to out Aaron Falk as, uh, as a guy who hangs out with us, but... Wow. Um, yeah, like so Gordon so, Gordon got you to Gordon, go against your your beliefs. Yeah, now I have friends. It's right. Weird. <laughs> Thanks, Gordon. Yeah. Um No, that's a big slap in the face. Yeah. That's a direct shot at you. Yeah. And I feel like he knew it. Yeah, well, I'm sure he did. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> yeah, unlike some people over here, I play video games with friends and right. on airplanes and <laughs> To my NBA games. I have to say to uh, another friend of ours, Tony Jones's credit, uh-huh. I've traveled a lot more with my PlayStation okay. since, since I found out he, he takes his too? everywhere on the road. Okay. So, yeah, I've definitely, like, I maybe traveled with it once in the years I've had it, and then after I found that out, which was, like, March or something, yeah. it's been, like, five or six times. Okay. Like, yeah, I've, I've, I've taken a lot with me. Um, Gordon takes his gaming laptop places. Like, he just has... Oh, right. So that's the easier thing to yeah, do, Yeah, right? and... Point B, he also doesn't go through security. No, so no. That's, that makes doesn't. it easier to yeah. take your I Xbox always and... check mine. Oh, okay. I, ra- I like make sure I wrap it in clothes and stuff. And, okay. Um, I actually had a hair product spill on, on this past flight. On the flight. PlayStation? Or, wait. Everything was soaked except the PlayStation. It still works. <laughs> it was an act of God. 
<laughs> I couldn't believe it. I opened up the suitcase, smelled like this this hair product, overwhelmingly so. Uh, and I panicked. So right. like my PlayStation's in there. All the clothes are soaked. Dry as can be. Perfect. Dry as the desert. Travel tips from Zach Travel Harper. tips. Wrap your video game system <laughs> in clothes and let the clothes get ruined. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need things to wear. It's just, no. it's just whether or not right. you have the video game. You're wearing clothes anyway. You can just wash those. Uh, yeah, I was very offended. He also said, by the way, uh, Jazz all bought Nintendo DSs last year and played Mario Kart against each other on the oh, planes, which is, which is pretty cool. That's a pretty cool bonding yeah. experience for the team. It's a pretty cool, like... Only an NBA team could yeah. do kind of thing, right? Like, in related news, they were what the second least experienced, the second least experienced team in the NBA yeah. last year. Yeah, a lot of young guys. Do you think so Boris a- is going to play Mario Kart? Like, no. Is Boris a gamer? I do they have video games in France? I feel like France is too highbrow <laughs> for plays, that. Rudy plays NBA 2K. We know this from yeah. from Haley's stuff today, right? On for, Twitter. Yeah, the, and the, they were they were Instagram storying all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, Rudy as a Frenchman. Does the same thing. Younger Frenchman does. Though. But yeah, Boris okay. is 48 years old or something. He can something, have or coffee in one hand and play video games with another. Yeah, he's actually quite uh, quite skilled with both hands. So yeah. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> I think he figured it out. And he's, I, got, he's got big hands too. So you can just cover the whole yeah, controller. Yeah, just do the whole th- yeah, yeah, it's fine. Easy. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going around the NBA, all the latest news and notes from around the association next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. We're scanning the league from coast to coast. This is Around the NBA on Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops Show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. I didn't even let the whole sounder play because we've got so many news and notes to talk about. A lot about. of news, quite a few notes. At least six of each. Right. Uh, we've got a trade today that was made. Yes, we do. <laughs> the Houston Rockets <laughs> traded Michael Beasley to the Milwaukee Bucks for Tyler Ennis. Uh, this because Chris Middleton tore his hamstring, will be out six months. Right. Bucks need wing help. And so acquired it, Michael Beasley? Uh, all right. Um, so Chris Middleton is this awesome three-point shooting defender, right? Right. Who can actually do some playmaking. One of the best plus-minus players in the league. Right. Really. Michael Beasley, not a defender, um, doesn't shoot threes all that well, and not a playmaker. Yeah. But those 20-foot jumpers. He does do those. Raining. He, like, won a playoff when game you, If them. you can get him moving towards the basket, he's actually a pretty good scorer. Like, obviously, he's a good scorer. Um, because people will just look at his numbers, but he's a good scorer when he's moving towards the basket. Everything else is just random. He was signed from the Chinese league last year, correct? Correct. <laughs> Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer Fredette, come on down. Um, also, it, they gave up not like Tyler Ennis isn't any good. Yeah. So they gave think, up nothing for him. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a big deal. Right. He is only twenty-two. Yeah, so but he went like, to Syracuse, so that's a knock against him. <laughs> okay. Syracuse players just aren't very good in the NBA. Fair. Uh, except for Mellow, but yeah, beyond right, that, right? But yes. yeah, all right. So if he can become point guard Mellow, congratulations! <laughs> you got to find there, Daryl Morey. Uh, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck. Yeah, I. I mean, it's it's such a weird. It's trade, a weird. Yeah, I, it it was one of those trades where you legitimately feel bad for the Bucks because as soon as the news came out yesterday, it was like, hey, they're working the phones trying to figure out a you know a guy to bring in, and then the guy's Michael Beasley. Yeah, not fun. It sucks. Oh well. Uh. Paul Millsap underwent knee surgery, by the way. Just a minor knee operation. We'll miss camp, but he says he will be ready for the start of the regular season. Yeah, I think he's missing like two preseason games, which he probably doesn't need to play preseason anyway, right? Yeah, so long as he is back to 100%, that should be fine. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Garnett is working on a buyout agreement with the Timberwolves. Uh, So Glenn Taylor kind of clarified these appointments, I believe, today um, or maybe late last night, where 
uh, he's waiting for a he's waiting for an answer on whether or not Kevin Garnett's going to play. And if he's not going to play, it sounds like he will try to buy him out to save a little bit of money. Okay. Um, so I, I think there's, uh, it doesn't sound like Kevin Garnett's going to play, but he it's also could take, he also could take the buyout and then go sign and play for doc rivers for a season. Right. You think he could, you think that's possible or absolutely. Or okay. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like a 50, 50 shot. Okay. Uh, Darren Carlson suspended about 20 games on a, or likely to be suspended. That, yeah. that official number hasn't happened yet, but on a guilty play for domestic abuse, uh, Kings are adding another point guard in the meantime, Jordan Farmar. So uh, they've got Ty Lawson, Jordan Farmar, and Garrett Temple. That's a lot of hope. It's a lot of crap. For, that's uh, what that is. Just be honest. It's a lot of not good. Uh, but, uh, but DeMarcus Cousins is good. Yeah. Dave Yeager's a good coach. Point, point boogie. Or point Willie Colley Stein. Okay. Point Omri Caspi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe we're getting out of, out of control here. <laughs> Less excited. Speaking of Sacramento, uh, former NBA star, Sacramento mayor, the guy who kept the Kings in Sacramento, yeah. Kevin Johnson, got a pie in the face at a, at a gala, like a charity thing on Wednesday, and then beat up the guy who, who threw the pie at him. Like, punched yeah. him in the face, lots of bleeding, some stitches. Yeah. The guy, uh, the guy got arrested for felony assault of a public official. See, that's too much. I, I think that's any pie assault should just be a misdemeanor. I can't say on air any of my thoughts on Kevin Johnson, so I would just say Google Kevin Johnson and Deadspin. That's what I would say. Okay. <laughs> so that's my that's my comment on the situation. <laughs> just go go Google that. Just go Google uh, that. And see what comes up. Do you like my pie take though? I do like your pie take. Okay. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> pie. Pie your opinion on Kevin Johnson, but pies, pie, pie, pie should not be a felony assault. No, that's at ridiculous. All. It's barely comedy, <laughs> <laughs> let alone felony assault. Uh, okay, one more Sacramento Kings news. <laughs> I didn't realize there was so much. Rudy Gay has told the Kings he will opt out of his deal next summer and will not be resigning in Sacramento. So that's yeah. that's please trade me right if you want. Good anything. news. They trade Rudy Gay. They get better. Because yeah. that's what every team's done. <laughs> How much better? Like eh, I don't know. They probably still aren't very good. Yeah, I I, uh, I can't imagine how yeah. that even works. Uh, Tom Ziller made this point, though. Who do you trade him to? Who, need, who like, needs who him, Who needs right? a yeah. weird wing scorer who doesn't help you on the other end? I mean, honestly, should you have tried to move him to the Bucks? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they did, and I don't know. What, you know yeah. Actually, I, I don't they, know how those should've... contracts you know, work out and everything. It's kind of a weird fit in terms of making the money work. Right. Um, it's much easier to do a Beasley for Ennis deal, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I, heck, just because you did a Beasley for Ennis deal doesn't mean you can't do a Rudy Gay deal later on, right? Like, right, yeah, exactly. No one's stopping Maybe you. Maybe they decide, hey, Greg Michael Monroe's Beasley actually later. good at defense now and we don't need John Henson anymore and they trade John Henson. And then that's another big man for the Kings and they have nothing but big men. I'd rather have John Henson than Rudy Gay, though. Yeah, yeah, he's younger. He's not better, but he's younger. Right. He's yeah. younger and cheaper. Yeah, well, I don't know. John's like eleven a year, right? Oh, is Rudy's it, is like thirteen a year. Yeah, I something like that. Don't remember, but anyway. I could be making. I could just be lying. <laughs> uh, Chris Bosh is is kind of in a feud with the Miami Heat right yeah, now on whether weird. or not he'll play this season. So he's on blood thinning medication. Yeah, uh, and the Heat are kind of worried about whether or not that's okay. It's kind of a danger for him to right. play. Chris Bosh wants to play basketball because like he's spent a lot of effort getting back, getting yeah. healthy, and you know likes playing basketball for money. Uh, 
And so there's like a weird war of words happening right now, and it's not exactly clear what's going to happen. He released a video on Uninterrupted, which is the Maverick Carter slash LeBron James yeah. online venture, basically like the six-minute mini-doc about his situation and him like basically firing at the team doctors for the heat saying, I don't buy what you're telling me about yeah. my career. He, and, he, and it's weird because he's like, I know I'm talented. I know I, I can play basketball. Yeah, and it's, it's like, they're not down, doubting that you're talented. They're doubting that if you get elbowed in the head, you won't stop bleeding. Like right. that's what they're doubting. But on, on in another way, like if he does, uh, I don't know, maybe is it worth the risk in some sense? Uh, I, do, I mean, that's all, uh, it, it, it's on him to decide. To choose, right. I don't know because shouldn't your employer be allowed to also choose whether or not you're in a, yeah. a dangerous situation. Like yeah. it's kind of a tough call, right? That's fair. But then in that case, trade him, right? Like who's going to trade for a guy on blood thinners? Somebody trade him for Rudy Gay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Sure>. I mean, <laughs> if the heat will do that deal, I'm yeah. sure the Kings will. Uh, I know the Kings will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't honestly, know why, but I, I, I think it was interesting that he points out other athletes who have been playing on blood thinning medication yeah. and like they didn't, they didn't die. So, right. But I mean, do you want to be the exception to no, the rule right. like you that? Like, and that's the, the thing ever. is I, yeah, I totally get him wanting to play. I talked to him after he came back from the first blood clot incident and it, and he talked about like his passion was, was kind of reinvigorated for like, you know, his professionals so that he realized how much he loved and missed basketball during that time. I get the passion he has in wanting to come back and proving he can still play. It is still dangerous. Right. Yeah. And that's, I don't know who, I don't know who to side with it. Like I want him to play and I want the heat to not put his life at risk. And I, right. I don't know. Uh, I, like, wouldn't he be playing basketball any, like if he, if no one in the NBA plays him, then like, does he go to China <laughs> no, <laughs> I, like, where they have different laws? Ooh, uh, Jimmer for debt. Chris Bosh pick and pop game is pretty. I mean, if Jimmer would ever pass, that's a pretty <laughs> solid combination in China. Get it done, Shanghai. Right. Uh, Gershon Yabusele can still be on the bench. Sure, why not? Because <laughs> apparently he he is. Uh, Mark Cuban offered ten million dollars to debate Donald Trump on television. Sure. Donald Trump has not said yes and is not going to. Probably not. But uh, I do like Mark Cuban just throwing out wild amounts <laughs> of money to do anything he wants. That's why you become a billionaire, right? Right. If I was a billionaire. That's all I would do. Just $10 million like bets and stuff? $10 million bets, $10 million you know, dares to yell at me on TV about something. Like all that stuff. I do it all. Monty Williams joined the Spurs front office. Love it. Uh, yeah. Great fit. Pro Monty Williams being involved in the NBA. Landry Fields got a scout job there in, in San Antonio I like well. that. He's smart. I, like, he could I've, be like kind I of a Sean Marks him. type guy. Yeah, for... one great half a season in <laughs> right New York, and turned that into like eighteen million dollars. That's smart, More, right? Right, uh, yeah, yeah, something I, like that. Like, just a pretty impressive amount of money for a second round pick. Who right, they were who wasn't was any a reach good of a second round pick <laughs> right. even. Uh, but good work, Landry. Fields. Yeah, good job for you. Uh, and you know, if you're smart too, then that's that's good too. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about the NBA pulling the All Star game out of North Carolina. The NCAA also pulled. Uh, their March Madness round one and two games out right. of Greensboro. Uh, and Forbes estimates that North Carolina will lose at least $100 million in sports-related tourism as a result of those decisions. That's, That's like one Super Bowl hosting. Yeah. You host one Super Bowl, I think your, team, your city loses like $100 million <laughs> so, over the course of like 10 years. So, uh, yeah, that's significant. And maybe don't be that way. Don't don't be jerks. Maybe don't make bad laws. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the NBA and Players Union also put out a joint letter to players telling them that they're working on programs to help players uh, in the wake of these widespread uh, protests over police killings. Yeah. Um, it seems like an effort to kind of get out ahead of inevitable athlete 
uh, statements during yeah. the national anthem in in regular season NBA. Games. Yeah, this Colin Kaepernick thing has not just like been about you know his situation. It's really spread to a lot of things. The Indiana Fever, right. WNBA team, all knelt as a team during mm-hmm. the national anthem. I think last night or the night before. Um, players are definitely talking about. It. Steve Kerr had great thoughts about like kind of the whole entirety of the issue and everything. Um, Howard Beck brought up a good point on Twitter yesterday or today, saying like protest with permission is not protest. So I do I do think That's this is point. like kind of puts it in an interesting perspective of working together while protesting. What does that What does that mean for both sides? Like I I don't yeah. I mean obviously it's about something different you know bigger than the NBA, uh, but I think that offers an interesting dynamic to it. Yeah, you have to be kind of outside the rules for it to be. Something I would, I mean, that's kind of the definition but of protesting, you guys, right? If, you know, if you can work together with the MBPA and the NBA, yeah, you know, organizations with that's even so better, right? Money, it's coming together, right. that's the idea is everyone comes together and, and is nice to each other, right? Then maybe, yeah, instead of you know, you maybe you're making real social change by right. you know, giving giving money to the right yeah. places, giving time to the right and places, and the NBA and is kind of the most progressive league, right? Yeah, like it really is, sure. they in by a, by a long shot, and so I don't know, maybe they can be the ones to kind of get out in front of it. Our KSL commenters are very upset about that, by the way, uh, in that they will not watch the NBA because it's a bunch of liberal players who. Uh, yeah, there was a poll that forty-four percent of NFL fans will not watch because of the protests. You're all liars. You're gonna watch. No, we're yeah. all we're all killing time waiting to become thirty-five and have our lives end. <laughs> like you're all liars. You're all gonna watch because that's what we do. Right. Yeah. We escape uh, from no we escape way. from the daily life with sports. That's what it's all about. You're not gonna stop watching. Robin Hayward, by the way, had a hot take on that on Instagram uh, and then deleted it about eighteen minutes. Okay. Later, there so. you go. <laughs> How about that? Uh, yeah. I I don't have the exact quote of that because it's gone now forever. Uh, probably someone said something All and right. so it is well, next time, gone. Next time Gordon plays video games, maybe you ask him about it. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right, we got to take a break. Other side, we'll go talk about uh, Henry Sims again. We'll yeah, sure, yeah, I'd love Sims to. Take. The Jazz also made a couple of coaching staff changes. We'll talk about that next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. So, this song this is, is like the 2007-08 Utah Jazz theme song, which won a contest. Okay, well, um, what, was it automatically put on the NBA Live soundtrack? Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, D-Biz Oh No is oh. the name of the rapper okay. who, who put that together. Yeah, oh No is correct. That is, uh, uh, <laughs> that's not a good song. The eight seconds I heard of that song, I was not impressed. Uh, I can I can get you the full two and a half minutes. <laughs> well, that's very generous of you. There are but. lots of jazz themes, tracks, lyrics in there. Okay. Uh, but like 2008 jazz, so it's right, like... Right, yeah, Darren, Carlos Blue, sure, yeah. etc. Okay. Uh, I have a ham dog update. Yeah, let's see here. The creator of this ham dog is Australian. Okay. That's an upset to me. That you... I did not expect that. I expected American. You know... The Australians almost... are perfecting our food. Uh, we already know, you know, we we invented yes the ham hamburger and hot dog. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> <laughs> we, maybe we've become too stable sure. in, in our food institutions. This guy who invented it, uh, one said everyone told me that it wasn't possible because you'd need a patent lawyer and it would cost millions of dollars. Now he's selling this thing, this franchise. Okay. Uh, the franchise rights for the ham dog for ten thousand dollars each. 
So for ten thousand dollars, you can open up. You, op- a, you open a, up a ham dog fran- store. Yeah, a ham dog franchise. What if? What if? Why are we not doing this right like now? Burger King or something. Or, ham dog, sponsors the show. Okay. How about that? Yeah, I, that's I like a great that. idea. I like that one that's a great idea. Mostly because I don't have ten thousand dollars <laughs> right? to just drop on ham dog, but you know. So <laughs> Australian ham dog. This is great. We have a tweet from at Jazz Hoops Life asking, assuming Joe Johnson is starting, does Hood have a shot at six man of the year? How does bench play affect Hood's numbers? I don't know where this Joe Johnson is starting stuff is coming from. Like, I believe maybe that the Jazz will have like a nominal competition, right? In training camp. Yeah. To, like make everybody feel good. Yeah, for sure. But in the end, Rodney Hood's better rodney hood's better right and yeah. maybe you want maybe you want the better guy off the bench but i think but rodney Hood's also a better fit with gordon hayward quite frankly right well also isn't that why they have alec burks to be that guy off the bench right you know joe johnson to be that guy off the bench like that's where where the depth is i want joe johnson playing three and four not the two right and uh, in it, if rodney hood comes off the bench this year i think he's got a great shot at six man of the year but i don't I don't think, I, don't I, think, I think he'll yeah. start every game he plays. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think they'll probably rest him and Joe Johnson will probably start 10 games this year. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Cool. Uh, listener Braden Anderson said 56 wins? Question mark, question mark. Wow. Hope you're right. Yeah. That's not I, 56 losses. It's not 56 losses. 56 wins is what. That's what I'm, that's what I've, that's what I'm predicting. <laughs> <laughs> I really let that. Now that we've said it a I really let times, that. Yeah. You have to, you have to I guess I have it. to. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's possible. Sure. I don't think it's likely, but I I think over 47 and a half I think it's is more li- likely. I think it's more likely than going the under. Okay. Yeah. That's saying a lot. That's a lot. That's that's that's, that's, that's the cool. Toronto Raptors last year. Yeah. They won 56 games. In in the in the West though. West sure. isn't that strong though. I disagree. You think it's very strong? Yeah, I'm I'm going to do this with Matt Moore on on a podcast soon, but this he's very into like the East is pretty is as good as the West or maybe even better. And uh and I just think this is a ridiculous stance to take so i think a good a good way of settling this is let's draft conferences you draft a conference i draft a conference and we'll see who ends up with more eastern conference teams and more western conference teams and how we feel about said conference okay i think we're getting a lot of west yeah i think that's where all the top picks are going to be outside of the Cavs. like yeah I'd say they're probably the top four teams or western teams. i would say like six of the first seven teams off the board are in the west that's what yeah. i would say okay yeah yeah, I'm with I'm with you. And our and the Lakers and all right, the Lakers and uh, Sixers aren't great either. Sixers aren't great. Nets aren't great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Suns and and Lakers at the bottom of the West aren't right. great. But like, I think Denver's a lot better than Orlando. Like, I just you know these okay. kind of cross conference comparisons go yeah. west. Okay, that's what I say. Uh, Jazz made some changes to their coaching staff to kind of add more assistant coaches and and shuffle it around a little bit. So got Igor l- Koshkov got a lot of people working on that team. Yeah. Well, so Quinn Snyder was, it had an interview about it and basically said, look, we have the same number of guys as most teams do. We just call all of them assistant coaches, whereas like they don't have a video coordinator, for example, on the Jazz. Uh, right. So even like the video coordinator usually would travel with the team and be behind the bench and all that, but they call that person an assistant coach for the Jazz. Right. Um, whether that be Zach Guthrie or whoever's doing the video. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Kokoshkov is going to be on the front row uh as as the assistant coach maybe probably the lead assistant maybe not we'll see uh if you know quinn were to be ejected but yeah uh brad jones is out 
of the Jazz's assistant coaching staff. Right. Um, he just honestly just got squeezed out, basically. Like, there's a limited amount of space. Yeah. He didn't really want to go to the back. He, and so he's either going to be in the Jazz front office or maybe with a different organization next season. We'll see. Uh, and then the Jazz also promoted Zach Guthrie and Lamar Skeeter to be assistant coaches rather than just player development or basketball strategy yeah. guys. Shout out to Zach Guthrie. He's the guy who was impressed with my floater game. Okay. And brought the and, and brought had the them or. bring the or out. So yeah. so you like him. You're a fan. Yeah. And I don't, I, that whole like, oh, we have the same name. That's cool. That's weird to me. But uh, but yeah, shout out to Zach Guthrie. Congratulations uh, on, on our respective success. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz also made some front office changes. Basically, Bart Taylor will be running the Stars, yeah. um, and that's all that I can remember. Oh, they hired a new director of like injury rehab, which I think is interesting. Very smart. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. They also signed Henry Sims to a deal. He's probably a D-League guy. Yeah. Um, do you think there's any possibility he makes it on the Jazz roster over Jeff Withy and or Ballenboy? No, I just think they're better. I think Withy's definitely a better player, and I think Ballenboy just has more upside because he's much younger, right? And has a second-year guarantee on his contract. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's just more likely a D-League type of deal. But good D-League player. All right, we got to sign out of the Salt City Hoop Show. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, um, or you can pull us up on ESPN 700 Sports or saltcityhoops.com. Andy Larson, Zach Carper, we're about to go play some FIFA. Ham dog. (laughs) Signing out. This has been the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700.